Hey everyone, welcome to episode 162 of 15 with Randy and Megan. Andy is off and right now he is somewhere in the building with two little munchkins that call him grandpa. So he looks very, very happy and well, very, very busy. So he's not available and I think Jeff is not even in town. So I don't think so. Yeah. So it's just Randy and Megan. We're keeping up this summer series where it's just me and the guest. And this is our weekly march through that annual members only message series that features FHC members and or this week staff. You kind of do double duty. Just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And that message series is entitled God is. And today is week three. So we're halfway through. Obviously, Megan has been here before on the podcast multiple different times, and I was just wondering as I walked in today, I'm like, will she be wearing the Waldo costume? So I was. <laughs> you know, all- I did think about it, <laughs> but I was like, well, they're not filming it, so. <laughs> no, I know, but you know, just for uh, you know, just for the character and yeah. persona, and those glasses looked pretty legit on you. I'm just in the hat. It was. Mm-hmm. It was pretty. It was pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> More on Waldo in a minute. But last week, we kept our God is series moving forward with FHC member Ryan Long, and we were reminded that despite his family history and despite his physical disabilities, Mephibosheth had a new identity and a new value because he was the recipient of the incredible grace and generosity of the king. And I'm going to invite you again, just like last week, don't miss any installments of this summer series in message or podcast format. And please share social media, text message, email, over the backyard fence, you know, whatever you have. This is an amazing opportunity to share these messages with those who may otherwise tune out anything church. You know, I can immediately think of three or four people that come to mind that would probably listen if they didn't really go, oh, this was a church thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. But, and if listening really, again, is as far as your tech takes you, send an email to podcast at hospitalchurch.org or text and voicemail to 407-965-1607. And I will personally walk you through how to share it. And I know you guys have been doing it because our numbers have been increasing in recent weeks as we focused more on telling oh, you to awesome. do that. So I know that that's happening because uh, every week we've seen a little bit of a bump. All right. This week, Megan brought a message, God is faithful. So we started with creativity of God that's not only in nature but in our lives. And last week we began to understand the crazy gracious nature of God's character and that our identity despite all of our baggage is in God's graciousness. This week we continue on something equally thought-provoking and at times I would say equally frustrating, and that is God's faithfulness. Because when things don't happen the way we think they should or when they should, we have a tendency to question God in many ways. And I loved your use of Where's Waldo to illustrate that just like Waldo, when we don't immediately see him and we can't immediately find him, doesn't mean he's not there. That's so simple and so powerful, especially for us as Christians, it should be. But why so easy to forget? What's your take on that? Why do why we know this, right? Right. Then he's always there. That he's always in the picture. (laughs) Promises. And just like Waldo, I I loved how that was because the Bible, the stories, sharing among friends, we can see pictures of God being here. We know he's here. We have proof. But why so easy to forget? Well, I think for me, even when I, because again, in in my talk, I said, you know, like I've, I've read these stories all my life of these characters in the Bible who've shown great faithfulness in God. And so for me, it just always seems so far away. Mm -hmm. Um, like, oh, you know, you can read these stories and they're so big and impactful and it's like, well, here's my measly little life. And, um, 
you know, I'll never be able to exercise that big of faithfulness because <laughs> my life is just like, it's not that, you know, I'm not leading a thousand people or more through this desert yeah. or, you know, just those little stories. And, um, so that why, that, that's why for me, it's, it's always seemed just so far away or so out of reach. Like I need that big, powerful faith movement or else it's not like, I don't consider myself faithful or mm. God to be faithful in my life. It's almost more like I, you gave a, a brief reference there to Moses, little shout, mini shout out there. <laughs> and I totally get what you're saying because it almost seems easier to go, well, yeah, I'm not Moses. And right. even Moses right. was like, I'm not Moses. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm nobody. <laughs> and yet it seems like we're so much easier to, look towards a Job experience and go, yeah, that's the guy I resonate with. Right. At least the first part of the story, because it always seems like, oh, I don't see God. I don't feel God. All this bad stuff is happening. And we just feel maybe unimportant or minuscule, or it's like, you know, yeah. God doesn't care about this little stuff. And yet this is just a good reminder that I, just like, you know, maybe we should all just have a picture <laughs> of Waldo tucked in our Bible yeah, right? or like have a Waldo case to put our iPad or our, what, you know, if we have a digital Bible that, you know, whatever, just maybe it's a visual reminder that God's always there because I think it's just too convenient to forget. Oh yeah. I mean, and even with, you know, you, you can see the, um, and the Waldo picture books and, and all that, you know, there's, there's a tons of things happening in order for you to find Waldo. So that's kind of like, I feel my own life, you know, exactly. <laughs> like, Waldo gets surrounded by my own, just unnecessary things to where I even make it hard to find him. It's not, you know, <laughs> Jesus or Waldo is right there. We just kind of create all the little things and the places and the people that makes it even harder to to see him. I'm glad you mentioned that because as I was preparing last night, I'm redoing my little studio at home and I, I, I on Facebook marketplace, I found this giant 50 inch monitor and that's what I use as my editing monitor and all this. So here, when they went to the shot, I watched the message cause I wasn't here on Sabbath. And when they went to the full screen of the Waldo picture, and this is this giant, I'm sitting at a desk two feet in front of this 50 inch picture of Waldo. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know what? This seems like my life. Just like you just said, because I'm, and I looked and I paused and I didn't find Waldo. I I couldn't find him. And maybe it was just my eyes were tired. I don't know what, but it made the whole Waldo comparison illustration. It just made it hit home that much deeper because I'm, I'm like, listen, I really want to find Waldo in this picture. And I don't see him there. And in my life, I really want to find God. I really want to find Jesus in the everyday, in the small, in the minuscule. And like you said, this is a representation. There's cars, there's boats, there's animals, yeah. there's trips, there's there's all this stuff. And it's like, this is my life and it does make it difficult. I like that you reminded us of something extremely important. You said the reason we don't see him is because we aren't looking for him. This is the beauty of God. He is faithful to always be in the picture. It is up to us to return that faith in God and find him. We must seek to find. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> how, how does how does Megan go about looking for and seeking to find God? How do you do that personally? Well, I would say my my approach has changed dramatically. In the sermon, I talked about my college experience, and there was a I guess what you would call a before God moment and an after God okay. um, or life before God and, and after that he became um, a part of my own reality because prior to 
him becoming a part of my reality, I was never focused or even thought about those type of attributes or characteristics of God. It was kind of like I was just living my life and I knew he existed, but I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Um, It wasn't until after I experienced this moment of faith to where I really had to have faith that God had a, had not necessarily a, like a purpose that I was trying to, trying to strive for, but just how to align myself correctly with him so that my life and the decisions that I was making were making sense. And so because of that, whenever that moment happened and my philosophy and my uh, vision of God changed, I have a much more rounded experience of, of life in the sense that I know that he's a part of everything, you know, everything is spiritual. And so because of that, I don't really have to think about it. It's just a part of who I am now. Um, So it makes it a lot easier to go through life. (laughs) Do you remember what that turning point was? Yeah. I mean, I was sitting in my dorm room, just heavily contemplating what I should do with this. If I should go into massage therapy, if I should stick with religion, even though it wasn't making sense at the time and I wasn't really enjoying it. But yeah, I, I just had this, this very strong thought of it doesn't make sense now, but trust me, it will later. And I just had to focus on that thought because it was so strong that I couldn't go against it or else I knew I was missing out on something, even though I didn't know what it was at, at the time. Did you feel like it was the voice of God or just, right. just a thought? Or, you know, like, that's looking, a tricky one. I know. Right. But. Right. And, and looking back, um, to me, it, it was either, well, this is a really strong intuition or that's why I said, is this a faith moment? Like, is this like a, <laughs> yeah. a stepping out and really concentrating and believing that there is something bigger that I'm going to experience? I'm just not experiencing it yet. That is so tough, though. Oh, it is so tough. That yeah, it's is, tricky. That is, I mean, just to put your, like you say, you step out into this going, I'm pretty sure this is what it's supposed to be. It's what I'm supposed to do. I don't want to miss out on it, but then it's like, well, is it, is it just FOMO? Right. Is right. This, is this because I think that X, Y, and Z happened and now that's why I'm thinking this way. But then you can look at it from the other side and say, well, maybe God put X, Y, and Z in motion. So I would think this way, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, you can just, you can go around in circles like a dog chasing his tail. And I loved that you used the woman who touched Jesus from Mark five, because I think that story and that faith, what does that faith that's in that story that she exhibited so prominently and just without reservation, just like going all in, you know, is the same faith that in the moment in the presence of Jesus, I mean, she was there in the presence exactly, and just, and and I capitalized just knowing, like just knowing like every fiber, like you said, now all of a sudden the connection is made and just knowing that if she could just simply touch him, I mean, that is such a powerful moment when you put yourself in that situation and imagine pushing through the crowd and straining just to touch them because you've got this such a narrow vision of if A plus B equals I am healed. If I can right. do it, I can get there, I touch them. How do we find that same drive and that same meaning when we don't have the physical opportunity? We don't have that physical down the hall through a crowd of people. There's there's Jesus. How do we put those two together? I mean, it's kind of, it took me a while to wrap my head around that thought because, you know, I feel that it's kind of like, how can I create the purest form 
of dialogue between God to where I know the difference between God and just my own thoughts. Yeah. And it's kind of creating that pure conduit. And for me, the more that you dialogue and connect, even, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like, be like this Bible study that you get into or like this long continued hour prayer, you know, even in the simplest of things, just always being in tune that God is in the picture in your, in your life and your thoughts, or at least my thoughts always center around God. Like God isn't an afterthought. Mm, like okay. he's always a part of my thought process. So for me, especially with what he brings through the Holy Spirit, I feel that, yes, like he's not physically here. Like I can't physically touch his arm, but I know that I have touched him through the Holy Spirit. It's different, but to me, it's just as powerful. But I think you have to wrap your mind around that, that idea that it doesn't matter if he's physically here. There's so much power that comes through the Holy Spirit that that's enough. That's enough. I yeah. like it. So is there anything, any discipline, any, some, any, something that is a ritual or an everyday thing that you do that helps you keep that in the forefront of your mind so that that is how you see things? Is it prayer? Is it devotion? Is it taking a walk outside and enjoying nature, reading a good book? Yeah, I'd say for me, it would have to be music. Mm. Music speaks so well through me or to, to me. And so even if it's just when I'm working or if I'm at a coffee shop, cause I do coffee shops late at night and I might be like writing or, or reading a book, but to me and a constant stream of music really helps me, nice. really helps me stay focused and always thinking that God is in the picture and that he's, you know, in my life working and moving. Hmm. So that's probably a little bit different for everyone, but that's interesting because I, I do the same thing. Even if I'm if I'm writing or if I'm working on something that doesn't require me listening to audio for the project, music is usually in my head, and yep. do, I do some of my best thinking that way. Yeah, I, I can same. Go I can go along with that. Well, and I also I like your college. What is Megan going to be when she grows up and graduates? <laughs> and I think that because I think that's a story that whether you went to college or not resonates with oh, all yeah. of us. What do I want to do? <laughs> right. So what do you want to do? I don't know. Because <laughs> we've been we've been asked that question since we were you know yes, a kid when exactly. it's funny to see what they'll say. Yes. I actually have a video of Ellie when she was like three maybe. And she's like, I'm going to be a nurse. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I said, I want to be a nurse right away. And I'm like, you're only three. It doesn't matter. I want to start helping people right away. Aww. And it's like, it was one of the cutest things ever. But how has that experience changed the way you view God when you were like throwing everything at the wall? Because, and I know you've kind of already answered that. And if you have to double down on your answer, go for it. But <laughs> because I felt like these were kind of two different things. I mean, in the fact that if we are in this situation so often in life where there's just a million options. There's a million things we could do. Maybe some, maybe we should do possibly, but when you have all this stuff going on and all these options, sometimes it just puts us into this spin that we can't get out of. And it's like, how do we stop and refocus and listen? However that looks like, whether it's, you know, putting yourself in music and just kind of being calm or whether whatever you find that does, how does that, how do we make that work so we can just kind of block stuff out and be as focused as possible? Well, what I actually, I, I had this thought, um, there's a book that came out in regards to your purpose, Hmm. the, the purpose driven life. 
Rick Warren. Yes. <laughs> and so all my life, kind of like with this question of what do you want to do? You know, what's your purpose? And I would always equate it to one thing. Hmm. And so then it's like, well, if it's this one thing and you miss your shot, then you're done. Yeah. You know, like that was the happiest you'd ever be, but you missed it. So Oops. good luck, you know? <laughs> and so good luck with the yeah. rest of your stinky life. <laughs> and so what I did was like, you know what? I actually, I don't like that thought. It's very limiting. Yeah. So for me, I, I don't think of what is my purpose in life. I just think of, Hey, you know, what am I passionate about? And that could be multiple things. And I think it's kind of like, God doesn't have one direction for you. He has multiple that can make you fulfilled and happy and, and live what he wants you to, to live. And, and so it becomes less stressful to me I like it when I think that way. Man, in today's era of the side hustle, people, exactly. this is the golden opportunity. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are quickly running out of time. What's the one thing that has stuck with you most about this idea while you were studying, prepping for the message? And then what's that thing that you hope people just take to heart? If there's like one thing they could take and make an improvement and just believing that God is always there and being faithful, what would you say? The first thing that sticks out to me is to not be passive in faith. I feel like sometimes in faith, we feel that it's just God's job and he's got it. So we're just going to sit back and relax where it's be active in your, in your faith, dialogue, connect, you know, touch, feel, be active in your faith. Faith is a participation sport. Exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) Two way. (laughs) Well, the reason I ask that is because we can be so fickle with faith and not truly devote the time and the heart resources, I think, that are required to feel and know that your faith is planted firmly in Christ. Come whatever Mm -hmm. is going to be coming down the pike towards you. And so you already mentioned the book, what was it? Purpose Driven Life. Purpose Driven Life. I think, I hope we're right on that. (laughs) Because for some reason, it sounds right. But for some reason, I'm going like, that's not it. Uh, But I will link to that book, whatever it is. It's by Rick Warren. It's fairly well known. You probably, a lot of you have it. But if not, maybe you can download it for your Kindle and it might be another resource you could use. This week, one of our FHG takeaways from Megan asked, has faith ever transformed your life? And if so, then how? And of course, you shared some real life situations from yourself. And I'm always, I always struggle with like how transparent should we be when mm-hmm. we're on the podcast. And so, but I want to share this one because I, it really felt like this one was speaking to me personally. And as someone who has struggled with addiction issues, divorce, the devastation of finding out that a child I believed to be flesh and blood was in fact not, left me at a point in my life where it, I really felt like there was less than nothing and confusion mm-hmm. was just crazy. I didn't see a need and had no desire to believe or trust in anyone or anything at that point. But in God's timing and wisdom, which I was oblivious to in the beginning, it became more and more evident as time went on. And I believe that God spoke to me audibly and assured me that everything was going as planned in a time when I was just not listening. I wasn't taking time. I wasn't Mm. in any way connected at all. And because of where I was at that moment in my journey, he revealed himself in his own voice the best blessing that my life would ever know. And that was that Heather was going to be my wife. Aww. So he's faithful. And mm-hmm. it's the only time in my life I can ever say that I have zero doubt that God spoke to me in his voice to me, whichever voice that is, that I heard a distinct vocal quality in a voice that could only be God's saying, you are going to marry this woman. She will be your wife. That's awesome. And, and it was it was on a date. It was our, it wasn't even a date. It was just, we were getting together 
through this really crazy happen chance story. We knew each other, but you know, there was no, we'd never been even friends really just acquaintances who had met been passing. And the first time I was at her apartment, that's what I heard when I opened the door, when she opened wow. the door to let me in. And what? so I just, you know, those are, it was a really dark period in my life, but it's a story that I believe that people, I, again, I just had no, no expectation that life would ever get any better. I had no reason to believe it would. And it was just, it had been this long multi-year, just really, really bad, bad section of my life. And all the while, just like in the picture, God was there mm. and I didn't know it. God was there and I didn't care. And I didn't, didn't matter to me one way or the other, but yet at that very moment, and nothing had changed at that point, not, not a thing had changed in my life at that point. And he revealed himself to me at that point. And I've never, I've never forgotten that moment. And I just got chills. And I just got, <laughs> got, just got that come back. And uh, so, you know, if you're some feeling like maybe things aren't so great right now, he's faithful and he always shows up and he's there. Oh yeah. Listening. It's Amen. Amazing. If you would like to share a piece of your story with us, hey, we're being uh, we're being transparent today on the podcast. So leave a voicemail, send a text, 407-965-1607, or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. Our final thoughts are from the closing of Megan's message, and she quoted Jeremiah 29. And I'm using a different translation here, but only because I just like the wording just a little bit better, but it's pretty close to what she had used in hers. It said, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. And when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. This is God's decree. And I've always loved those few verses and the way it's translated in the message, very similar to what you chose, but I can never get past, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm God, right? I have it all planned out. I'll listen. You'll find me. And you'll find me when I, when you're not even looking for me sometimes, just like my story illustrates, he's there and I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. And it's mm. like, Oh, a small, but amazing excerpt in a letter from God to exiles. Like we feel like every day sometimes oh, when yeah. we're like exiles. And so to me, when you, when you quote that and when you think back on that verse and that whole chapter, that whole chapter is really powerful. If you go read that in Jeremiah, um, and it's this being in exile is something that we can all relate to, but hearing those words is what I perceive to be God's voice that I can remember. And that's just very powerful. So easy to forget, but when life is constantly throwing, throwing you curveballs, it's a good place to go back and check up on. All right. Now I want to put you on the spot. Okay. Two weeks prior, I, cause Andy and Jeff aren't here. I have no idea what's upcoming because I don't usually get that notification till like later today and I haven't <laughs> looked. And the first week Tomas was like, Oh yeah, next week, uh, Ryan long. And you know, God is gracious. And then last week Ryan's like, Oh, it's Megan. And it's going to be on God is faithful. And I'm like, how do you guys know this? And he's like, well, we have to go tell the camera at the end of, <laughs> at the end of our, each of the messages for the online viewers. And I'm like, all right, Megan, what's upcoming this week? And who is it? All right. It is God is our help. <laughs> and it is uh carl and daniel monier i don't know if i'm saying their last name correctly okay. but That's, yes that is awesome so i'm like i am not even going to try to look now and we're going to see if we can get through all six weeks and see if our guests know who's coming 
behind them. Oh, all right. Week. So <laughs> you, we are batting three for three. We're a thousand Woo. right now. So we can only finish at 500, which isn't bad, <laughs> even if the rest don't know. But anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you, Megan, for coming and hanging out. Oh, it was Took great. a little while to get here today with weather and traffic. And I really enjoyed your message and enjoyed our conversation today. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Randy. Tom, thanks as always for making us sound good and working out the bugs in the system that always seem to find their way in. So do join us again next Wednesday for episode 163. Thanks for listening and have a great week. We sounded good in there? Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) This will be the podcast today. Uh, This is uh, Musings with Megan and Randy. Oh yeah, better theme. We need new theme music probably for that though. That's going to have to be a little more hip.